Hey man, it's Kevin Smith. Hey, this is Jay Music. Hey, I'm Scott Snyder. I'm Cena Grace. And you're listening. You're listening to. The- and you're listening to the Absolute Geek. The Absolute Geek. Absolute Geek. Absolute Geek podcast. Check it out, Snoogans. Welcome, everyone, to the greatest geek nerd podcast in all the damn internets, the Absolute Geek Podcast. I am Matt. I'm Kyle. I'm Brian. I'm Corbin. Hey, welcome, everyone. Tonight, hey. we bring back Corbin to sit in with us as we're... Hey. Look at that dance. Hey. <laughs> it's a work in progress. I'm developing. It's fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. We bring in Corbin because tonight it finally goes down. It finally happens. Hopefully the debate of debate comes to an end and it gets put to bed. Tonight we're changing things up with the way we do things. And uh, we're going we're gonna to review our personal top 10 best Batman comic storylines. <coughs> Should be an interesting show. We invite everyone in the chat. On Facebook and, and Mixer and um, you or Facebook, YouTube and Mixer, you know, whatever. We invite you all to participate and let yes. us know what you think um, as we go through our lists. So prepare for uh, what should hopefully be a, a fantastically interesting show. Any last words right. before we start this, Corbin? Um. You guys are valued friends, and I hope no feelings are hurt in the process of this. Uh, spare me, guys, please. Do not jump down my throat. <laughs> yes. But I'm excited. I've been working all day for this. Everyone are friends here at the end Always. of the day. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so um, I think the best way to do this is for each of us just to read our lists, one through ten, and then um, – we can go over the books that we all have together on, you know, there's going to be books that we all have on each other, the same, same books we have on our list that you know, probably four or five books will, will be the same. And then we can talk about those big books that all, you know, are on each other's lists. And then we can come back and individually talk about the weird ones that aren't on other people's lists. How do you okay. think? What do you think? I think that's a good way to do it. But before we get started, let's remind everyone, guys, we have some big giveaways going on. We have the road to 200 subscribers where we're giving away a slabbed 9.0 Alex Ross variant sketch cover. Thanks to Kyle. We have the um, 50 subscriber giveaway, or not 50 subscriber, the 50 liked video giveaway for the... uh, Spider-Man Venomized poster or print, 11 by 17 print. Um, so, yeah, remember to to make sure to hit that like button if you're in the chat and make sure to subscribe and let's get to that road to 200 so we can give away a slab. Also, if you guys have seen the Absolute Geek uh, Facebook page we now, or Twitter or social media, we now have our brand new Absolute Geek logo shirts for sale. 
So if you guys want to help support the show and get a dope-ass shirt in the process, make sure to uh, pick one of those up at our, our online store. And we definitely appreciate the support But if you there. message me, I'll send you one for free. There you go. That's the fucked up way to do it. I got like two left, so one oh, or two the, left. Which one? You have the comic code one, right? Yeah. There you go. Get a free comic code shirt. Ooh. But um, all right. So uh, let's fucking jump into this. And who wants to kick us off? I can start. Um. Yeah. Uh. So here we go. Here's my top ten. Um. Number one, Killing Joke. Number two, Arkham Asylum: A Serious House on a Serious Earth. Number three, Dark Knight. Number four, Kingdom Come. Number five, Batman and Son, which is the uh, introduction of Damien in the uh, Grant Morrison run, which was 655, I believe, yep. where it started. Uh, number six, I have the entire Scott Snyder Capullo run, which is basically the reason I did that is because Court of Owls and Death, and the Death of the Family were both on my list at the same area. So I'm just considering that whole run one huge story. Um, it's just too good. Um, another one is, or the one after that is uh, Batman and Robin, the Morrison and Quitely one. Um, and then Long Halloween at number eight, Under the Red Hood at number nine, Tower of Babel at number 10. Um, I do have a couple honorable mentions in Hush, Venom, and Prodigal. And then uh, I threw a couple up there for non-comics just to throw out some discussion towards the end of the night. Um, I think that because even though these aren't in the comics, I think they're great Batman stories. And they're uh, Heart of Ice, which is the uh, Doctor, the Mr. Freeze animated storyline. Uh, Feet of Clay, which is the Clayface animated storyline. Dark Knight, the uh, Nolan movie. And wait, 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 wait. I got it, but... Corbin looks like he's about his head's about to explode in laughter. <laughs> no, like he can't contain himself. I, I'm excited. No, no, keep going, keep going. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm so excited those, about some. Yeah, those are those are my uh, those are my books. So, um, who wants to go next? Go ahead, Matt. All right, I'll I'll do mine in reverse order. Well, no, I'll do it. I'll do it in the same. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll do it in reverse order. So at number 10, I have uh, Tower of Babel. I know it's a Justice League story, but I'll, I'll tell you why I picked it when we get into that. Number 9, Death of the Family. Um, number 8, Batman Nightfall. Number 7, A Death in the Family. 6, Hush. 5, Court of Owls. 4, The Long Halloween. 3, Batman Year One. 2, The Dark Knight Returns. And 1, Killing Joke. Okay. Wow. I guess I. All right. Um, I'll read mine. Um, so I'll, I'll start at the top. Um, one, Batman Dark Knight Returns. Two, The Killing Joke. Three, Tower of Babel. Four, Under the Red Hood. Five, Batman Year One Hundred. Six, Batman Year One. Seven, Batman Son of the Demon. Eight, Batman Gotham by Gaslight. Nine, Batman Venom. And ten, Batman Nightfall. Court of Owls, just outside my top ten. Ooh. <laughs> All right, I guess I'll do mine. And don't sound so enthusiastic, Kyle. Per the instructions, <laughs> I did do ten. I only want to do the ones 
I originally only wanted to do the ones that like when I set it down, I was like, holy fuck. Not like that was a good story. That's a good story, but like ones that were just personally to me, I was like, ooh, ooh, like it really but to, to keep in the game, I guess I'll be dead. So I'll do from ten to one. I had Batman, Nightfall, Long Halloween, Batman and Robin, Dark Knight Returns. Now, this one's going to be the one everyone gets. So I can't remember what the actual story was called, but it's in the new, um, in the Rebirth series. It's right when uh, Tom King introduces Bane and that whole storyline with Bane. Bane That I loved. Okay. And you're, talking, the- you're talking with the, the Catwoman stuff, right? Yep. Yeah, bef- okay. Yep, before okay. the marriage, before yeah, the I, whole wedding. So it's right after, like, issue, like... It's right after the um, Gotham Girl stuff. Yes. And then I got Death of the Family at 5, Death in the Family at 4, Year 1 at 3, Killing Joke at 2, and I have Hush at number 1, because that's my absolute favorite fucking Batman story. Whoa. When the first time I read it, I was blown away, and all I did was take the the, the trade I had because I had the books, but the trade, I flipped it back over and I fucking read it again and again. Actually, I read it like three times. I feel like if this is something that we're going to continue doing, like top ten list one offs every now and then, we need to get a, a gif of fucking Pete, the comic book guy, just ringing his bell, screaming "fight, fight, fight," so we can just start our debates. <laughs> Well, it looks like everybody uh, has Killing Joke on their list, right? Yep. Okay. Great story. Um, and, and most of us have it at the top. I think I think that the majority of people that are comic book fans that have read Batman, that book is going to be one, two, or three. Um, this is not in my top ten. <laughs> I I put it I put it at one just because of the 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 pure like ramifications that storyline has had. On, on the story of Batman, even in continuity. Like, like, it was such a good story that they've incorporated. They took it as just a one-off and then started incorporating it in the storyline with Barbara Gordon and, and all that. So it's that's why I think it was as the overall effect it had on Batman as a character is why I put it at number one. Well, shit, it, the overall effect it had in comics in general, that's a top five yeah. all-time comic ever created. I mean, it changed comics in the 80s along with uh alan moore and frank miller both changed comics in the early 80s the same way that denny o'neill and neil adams did it in the early 70s so uh, killing joke and uh dark knight are are usually they can be flip-flop one and two and then if you throw in year one or year one that's usually one two or three with most people i don't even have year one on my top 10 i'm not a fan of year one and Hush was right outside of my top ten. I, I liked Hush. I just, I just, not enough to put it in my top ten. I loved it. There's just something about it. I don't know what it is. It was a great storyline. I remember I was reading. I was uh, going to comic shops uh, weekly, and that was on my pull list when it ha- happened. And that was like The Walking Dead back in the day, where everybody, when you went in the con- comic shop, you know, that's the first thing you read, and you go, "Hey, did you read it yet?" And the whole storyline of bringing Jason Todd back started in Hush. Yep. And uh, that was pretty amazing the way they pulled that off. And then at the same time, if you guys remember that Hush came out, they started doing the DC Direct figures. 
and those DC Direct Hush figures really push that storyline. I think I think. The, I, I, oh, go ahead, Corbin. Oh no, no, I was making such a case for Dark Knight Returns at number one, just because I think that's just a masterpiece story uh, as far as Batman is concerned, just the whole mythos. And yeah, it's kind of weird that it is because it starts at Batman at the tail end of his career, but it still does such a great job of delving into Bruce Wayne, the man, Batman as, as him being the same, the relationship with the Joker, Gordon, all of the quintessential characters, you know, save for Robin in that Batman universe. So that's what was big for me. And I'm with you, Brian, as far as Batman year one, I put in just because of how important it is. Um, and the fact that to me, that seemed like a reasonable spot to have it. I'm not a big fan of that story. Um, and Batman Hush, <laughs> I think the power of that story to me is more on the just wonderful work by Jim Lee than it is the actual story. I found the story rather flimsy. I I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it wasn't much mystery. It was kind of paper thin. But the illustrations are such that I look at him, I can look at him again and again and again, even while looking at the story and going, mm, it's, it's not a great one to me. I, um, I, you know, that's yeah. my I, I liked it because it had. there were so many things involved with it in so many different places. And there was so much stuff going on that you could tell the point it, it was trying it was pulling you in these different directions and i think that's what i like about a lot of these batman stories because if you notice a lot of the batman stories that's what's happening with them there's there's so many characters involved and it's you know rippling out and i think that's just kind of why i liked it so much i think like i agree with you and you know, and brian corbin like hush i felt hush is, is very clumsy but uh, the art is beautiful you you the art takes care of the storytelling and also, you you can't tell me you saw that that twist ending coming, that you know now, the Riddler is behind all, everything, and it's just I thought that was I thought that was awesome. No, I did too. That's one of the reasons why I love that story so much. It just is purely for that twist ending. Um, yeah, did, are we talking the comics or? Because I saw in the chat someone mentioned animated series. Did we did we watch that? I think this is close as any to getting to that. Like, um, did you guys watch? It's it's just the hush storyline in animated form, right? So honestly, okay, briefly, if I could, I hated the movie. I mean, they made the Riddler. I mean, am I, am I spoiling anything by saying this, no, or can no. I just? You're good. They made the Riddler hush. Like that's who he was. Basically, Riddler had a brain tumor. Um, he made some deals. He got into the Lazarus pit. He had enhanced, you know, strength and. And, and use of his mind, and so he remade himself into into that villain. And then they killed like the 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 sneak that happened in the book where um I'm forgetting his name now. Basically, the guy who's actually Hush. Um, come on, come help talk to me. Here. Yeah, yeah. What's it's some Jason. Uh, um, Bart. Uh, messing around. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So in the movie, he legit died, and the Riddler killed him. And and I think. Brief, brief aside, I think they made that change just for the sake of change, and that was stupid to me. But to go back, you're right. I didn't see the twist come with the Riddler, but then when it happened, I wasn't, again, it wasn't like a mystery that had me like, oh my God, there you go. It was like, okay. You know what I mean? Even then, it was. It felt like a great excuse to have Batman fight Superman, the Joker, have Poison Ivy, have Catwoman, have, like you said, that big twist with Jason Todd being Clayface and Oh my God! There was actually a Jason Todd interpretation in this universe to begin with. So I'm with you on all of that. But it, it, again, I think the artwork really made the story for me. Like even now, I, I have the book just for the artwork, pretty much. Yeah. Um, 
Dark Knight's an obvious one. I don't think we really need to to, to jump in on that. That's the same as Killing Joke in Year One Hundred. Um, we all know how important that is to not just comics, but you know, written material. Um, Court of Owls. Uh, the only one that doesn't have Court of Owls is uh, Corbin. No, I don't yeah. either. I forgot to put it on there. Yeah. When I was running through it, which is crazy I, because Dick Grayson's so involved in that that I can't believe I actually left it off my list. See, that's why I consider the Snyder run all of one because it goes into the two owls story, then jumps into the, you know the year zero, the, the death of the family. I mean, the ending was a little shitty, but everything up until the ending was absolutely amazing. Death of the family to me was is just right underneath Court of Owls. Um, I love the Joker and the death of the family. I think that's probably my top three favorite Joker moments is, is that storyline. Um, so I, I think, I think Court of Owls is, I, I, you guys have anything else that you want to say about Court of Owls? I mean, I think Court of Owls, Court of Owls belongs on this list and I don't care what you say, Corbin. <laughs> Court of Owls no. belongs on this list. It is, it is so uh, pivotal to to the Batman story. Like this organization has been operating. He is the world's greatest fucking detective. And this criminal organization has been operating in his city under his nose for hundreds of years. And he never even knew about it. They infiltrated and made a plan to use his ward and Dick Grayson to be the next Talon. Didn't even know about it. You've got the greatest crime fighter and the greatest detective in the world. And, and he doesn't know that this organization exists. They're operating right underneath his nose. So just the changes that it, it, and the way it affects his life and the things that they do to Gotham and how they're they're all over the place and they have their hands in everything and they've become such a phenomenon story-wise in the, the mythos of Gotham City moving forward. There's no way you can't have Court of Owls on this list. And what a great creation of a villain, a group, a villainous group, the Court of Owls. The way that they the masks, how they do everything, fucking genius, man. The way they like hide in the darkness. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, Court of Owls is amazing. Oh no, I love Gotham by Gotham by Gaslight. <laughs> do not, Kyle. Do not. Uh, I just, I just don't understand how like it changes the universe for that story. It changed Batman for that story. It's a great introduction of, like you said, Brian and Matt, a villain uh, enhancing the world. I don't think it brings anything to me that I go walking with, like, wow, that's a lasting impression of Batman. For me. Like, when I think Batman, he's still, that is, like, the 15th story that comes to mind. And that's me personally. It's a really good story, and everyone's jumping on me about that. But for me, it's not. It's pivotal for, like, the time or stories moving forward. Listen, I'll get to that, Kyle. I'll get to that. There's, there's something behind that. But... I don't know. That, that's I know what it. it made a great animated movie. Okay, hate to bring that tie into, but there we go. Um, Long Halloween. That's on all of our lists, right? Oh, right, hold on, real quick before we move on. Gotham by Gaslight, dude. That that book. It, it's an El for, it, it's an Elseworld tale. I'll give you that. It's a great Elseworld tale. But dude, when was the last time you actually sat down and read that book? Uh, Fan Fusion when I got it signed. Dude, that book is terrible. Listen. <laughs> the, the plot of that book is so... We sat here two weeks ago and Kyle mocked me and laughed in my face when I read him the the synopsis, the leaked synopsis for the Joker movie about how a love interest and a woman shunning him and rejecting him helped turn him into the Joker you see in the movie. And that's the same goddamn plot of Gotham by Gaslight. 
Martha Wayne laughs in this dude's face and rejects him, and it drives him to go hunt down hookers and prostitutes and kill them and then try to frame Bruce Wayne for it. But the, under, the importance of that story is showing that a Batman could exist in that period, in that Victorian era. Yeah, the story itself is, is like, hush, it's, it's not too deep. Any superhero could, could, could exist in that time period. I could put Spider-Man in that time period. You could put Flash no, in that time period. There is a Spider-Man in that time because period. Because you're looking at a guy who is making the use of his I could put Blank Man or the Toxic Avenger in that fucking time period. Oh, it's just a matter on. of the story you want to make around him. I mean, also, if you're talking about a story that changes, this is the first Alfred book. This yeah, is the first I'll give you that. To set yeah. the stage. I think just on that alone, and Batman being the main character of that book, setting the stage to this totally different worlds that we have, you have to put up. The Quarter House is great. But uh, Gotham, I guess, like, set the stage. And the second, the past, the, and the other part about that is when you talk to most people about Gotham by Gaslight, they only remember the first half of the book. No, remember how boring the second half of that fucking book is. Well, is the second half where they were fighting on that blimp because that was a sequel that's most in most trade paperbacks put together. Yeah, they did the Masters uh, of the World or something. That was a 1991 knockoff that came later. There's the main story was terrible. Tour. Terrible. Okay, I'm just saying the main I'll, 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 I don't think it's terrible. There's, it's not terrible. It's a very good read. It probably, if you, if most people would say it's in their top thirty Batman stories, so it's a good. <laughs> I, like, I just like the sheer look of appalled. Oh, all he did, he just missed the gasp and like the chest push. Oh, no, I, I respect mine. I'm just thirty. I had a number eight. I get what you're saying though. Like, like, but we got. Okay, is it not in the? It's in the same universe as Court of Owls. Can we admit that? Can no. we agree to that? No, no, no. Uh uh, uh uh. I'll put it up there. A contemporary classic. I just don't think we're giving Gotham by Gaslight the respect it deserves for setting okay. stage. I will retract. It's not a terrible book, but it's not top ten Batman worthy. Like Brian says, it's barely top thirty Batman worthy. <laughs> I'll, I'll read a little bit of Gotham by Gaslight for us. Oh, this will be good. Why, Packer? Why did you kill all those women? Had to. Had to shut her up. Shut her laughter. Who? Who's laughter? Martha. Martha Wayne! Okay. <laughs> Forget you, though. Forget you, bro. That was horrible dramatic reading. That was fantastic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's an accurate <sighs> depictor of I that book. I will begrudgingly give you applause for that. Begrudgingly. Let's, Thank you. Uh, Thank okay. you. I'm here well, every Friday. <laughs> let's talk about Tower of Babel. I think Tower of Babel is an interesting choice. I think uh, me and Matt had it. And Corbin, did you have Tower of Babel? He did. Yeah, it was number three for me. Number three? Yeah. You guys had it up high. I had it up a low. And the only reason I had it so low. I had low, it at number 10. I had it at low, too. Okay, the only reason I, I had it so low is because it's more of a Justice League tale, um, like you guys said. But the ending was so, and, and the, it's one of the most important stories if you want to know what Batman truly thinks like. And him having to solve all those things, and basically showing how he's just the greatest mind, you know, in the Justice League. And, you know, there's that there's always that saying where somebody go, who would win in a fight, Batman or Superman? And the comic book guys always say Batman. It's fucking there's no there's no question. Oh, yeah. Batman. It's, it's Batman's going to win in almost any fight. 
Um, so he's a one well, prepared I think, motherfucker. I think that I think Tower started. well, Tower of Babel is the first Batman story that really shows you that he's a badass motherfucker and he has a, a, ten, a contingency plan for everything, even his his allies. Like, he, if there's ever one day where they go rogue and I have to take him down, he's got the tools to do it. He's already got a plan in place. He's 10 steps ahead of, of theirs. So. I do want to say, though, that, uh, and, you, and you're definitely right, Matt, as far as Matt and Brian, as far as, like, solidifying that, but I was even going to say, the first ones of Batman having that contingency plan and stuff were actually started. You had that 80s crossover Superman where, I think, after post-crisis, where yeah. um, Batman and Superman like met up again, they were fighting Nightpie or whatever, and Batman had this like invisible force field or something, and he was like, Superman, if you touch me or whatever, like, a bomb will go off and a random person will die or something that he had. Um, and that's that was like always, the first... Huh? That's always Superman's you know, weakness, is that he, he loves humanity too much, and Batman's okay with... That's his whole thing. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna go after your weakness. So. Yep, and then they had that again in The Dark Knight Returns where Batman did all those contingency plans to take down Superman and then have the heart attack, which to me was like the first one. But Tower of Babel, you were right, both of you guys, was like the quintessential story. Okay, he has to have everyone. This guy is a bad MFer. Like in that case of like planning for everyone. There's one thing to go for the big boy in blue and Superman. It's another to have contingency plans for the whole Justice League. But the reason I had it so high too was that even with doing that and it being a Justice League story, we have to remember that Ra's al Ghul really targeted Batman by you know, taking the bodies of his parents and that being such a key way for Batman to have a total meltdown and lose everything was, was such, I thought was the integral part of Batman in general. Yes, he has contingent plans for, you know, the Justice League. He plans ahead. He, he's ruthless in that. However, he still has a spot in, in his parents that is so centered him, that's so key to him that even the removal of their bodies or their graves would just have him have a whole shutdown. Every yep. Justice League member got taken out while he was on this one-track mind just losing sight of everything to get back the grades of his parents, to get back the bodies of his parents. And then, and only when he got to race our and saw everything, did he snap out of that and go, oh, snap, wow, I really got to, you know, look out for everyone else. Like, that, the death of his parents, that legacy is still such a central part of the Batman mythos. I think that story showed all of that, even while being a Justice League story, that I put it more to the Batman side than I do the Justice League. Another reason why that story is so important to me is that was the first time that I really... I think he really saw that Grant Morrison can write really good comic comic book stories, not like like weird Arkham Asylum, Doom Patrol type type stuff. He can write really good comic book comic stories, you know, uh, old school superhero shit. And he fucking killed that. Really, just killed it. I mean, that I think that might have been the point where uh, Grant Morrison became my favorite, you know, writer. So I had forgotten about like that. I had forgotten all about that till you actually had said it, and I was like, "Damn, that would be good on the list." Yeah, what? very good. Uh, and and I think we've a couple, a couple of us might have said this on the show before. I talk about it all the time. If you guys haven't heard it, go watch Fat Man on Batman: The Tower of Babel. Um, uh, podcast, yeah, they're amazing. It'll blow you away. I just like I said, it's it's one of those stories where the the entire Justice League now has to think differently about how they approach and trust Batman because it, it makes it you look at him differently because he's got a contingency. He doesn't trust you. He knows he's got a contingency contingency and plan in place to take you down if you go rogue, and he's just waiting. So. That's why. That's why I know it was a Justice League story, but I was like, 
this has got so much effect on Batman. It's it's got to be on the list. <laughs> yeah, I see you and fucking Tim basically like rehashing the fucking Batman movies in the chat. <laughs> so, did anybody have um, Under the Red Hood on their on their list? Number four. Matt? I didn't. I didn't have it on my list at all. Kyle. Yeah, I'm. I'm with that. That that storyline was amazing. That storyline brought me back after a long Batman layout layoff, um, and just that was that storyline that really made me go. Uh, you know, I'm glad that I'm back um, into in, reading comics. That the art, the covers on those store on those issues were fucking beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, and of course, we all know that that one cover where it's uh, Red Hood fighting Batman. It's like a ridiculous uh, amount if you find that book in the wild. So, but uh, a great story, just bringing back Jason Todd and making, showing how much of a badass Jason Todd really is. Um, I'm somebody take the crowbar. I love how he uses the crowbar as his weapon. Yeah. Fucking, that's gangster, man. That's a gangster. Yeah. Um, he learned from Batman, harness what you fear. Yep. And I always thought that the Red Hood, I, the idea of Red Hood was such a great idea. Um, you know, that being the original Joker's story and him deciding to use that was just genius. Yeah, I, I will say that um, I, I thought it was important just because, like you said, not only just the inclusion of Red Hood in the Batman universe and being just a, a great character in general and one who's developed so many layers from when he was first brought into now, but also, snap. Okay, I see you. I see you. But also, it, it really examined again the Batman side of uh, facing one of his failures, or what he considered one of his greatest failures in Jason Todd, in losing him, in seeing him come back, taking all the skills that he was taught from Batman and using it against him, and, and and also seeing the damaged brain of Jason, thinking that hey, I'm doing what you won't do, Batman. Like you put them down, like you put them away. I'm putting them down. Like I'm I'm being better. And, and still, also, at the end of this, it all going back to the Joker, by having that final stand up saying, listen, I couldn't care less about what happened to me. I'm just so shocked that after all of this, you still won't kill this man. And the Joker just having just so much fun in all of it. Like, dude, like, really? Like, y'all started this off with me? Okay, great. You know what I mean? And that being the irony of it all for him, because he's got in the black suit all. But all of these different tie-ins and lines coming in the same story and just bringing it just, I mean, Red Hood's badass. Like, yeah. that, that story was great. And just evaluating not only from Jason Todd's side, but also from the Batman side, even Alfred as a character in there. You saw Nightwing as well. There was different, you know, threads in the Bat universe who were affected by this, and they're all coming back and all getting tied back by the return of Jason Todd. It was just so, so big to me. And, um, I mean, that that's that's why it was number four for me. Yep, great book. Um, I thought it was interesting but, that not many of you had Batman Year One on your list. And I don't like that. Top three for me. That's, I I like Batman Year One because it, it's more it's more of a Jim Gordon story than it is a Batman story, and I like that you're you're seeing them square off against not big supervillains but just street level criminals. You're you're seeing them square off against the people that they really have the tough time the the hardest time beating because they can't really get rid of crime the way they want to, and, and it's just like. Like I said, it's more of a it's more of a Jim Gordon Batman than Batman story, and I I just really liked seeing that that 
chemistry in in that story being told in, in comics. So that's why I, I think that's probably I think that's probably why I don't have it on my list because it is a more of a Jim Gordon story than it is a Batman story. Um, so I, I it's it's definitely top top fifteen. You could, you have to put it in top fifteen. Um, but there's there's just more exciting stories for me. That, that that one seems a little dated. It's very rare that I say that Frank Miller stuff feels dated, but that one feels a little dated. Oh, brief aside, speaking of Frank Miller and data, did we do uh, like the worst stories too? No, no. We, we should come back for another show for that. That would be a fun That's one. Cool. Frank Miller, yeah, he's such a divisive author or writer for Batman. It's it's crazy, but like you said, save for another time. Yeah, you got Dark Knight as most people's top three, and Dark Knight Returns as most people's bottom three. He was back in the day. Now though, like the stuff he came out with with Dark Knight Three and stuff, I was just like, no thanks. Yeah, it's yeah. garbage. But he didn't do I Dark Knight. The last, book, the, last, the Dark Knight uh, Returns, The Last Crusade. That was like a meh Batman book. And for Frank Miller, meh's okay. Like, that was more was of a political cool. thing for him than I think it was a comic thing. Probably, yeah. yeah. I thought he got, I thought Miller did Dark Knight Three. No, I think he just did some some art for it. I think that was Azzarello that did it. It was crazy. Yeah. That, but we we'll um, that Nightfall. Batman Nightfall is one that a lot of us had on our list. I don't have it on mine. You don't have it on yours? I thought no, you had it on yours, Kyle. I hate John Paul Valley. I, I can't stand Azrael as Batman. That's, ooh, yeah, that, I, that, that costume was the worst Batman costume by far. Um... I thought it was really, it really was. Corbin can't contain for. himself over here. He's going like, to explode. I, I would never, I think it's ridiculous to have a story about Batman not letting Dick have the cow. Why would you not give Dick the cow over fucking John Paul Valley, a cheesy character? That's just, it was a poorly written story for me. I, I get you. I do. But I have to say, like, the Jean-Paul Valley was one of my favorite versions because only because of the descent to craziness. It was full 90s. Pouches, yes. flamethrowers, so many sharp edges. I mean, I have a paper cut just looking at it. But, <laughs> like, that run, I mean, just excuse the fact that Batman inexplicably gave Jean-Paul Valley, a guy he had just met a little bit ago, the mantle of Batman over that. Because, I mean, you got to have How a certain... How, how, like, I, that's going to really happen in any Batman universe, not even in an Elseworlds universe. It, it was the writers saying, like, to the fans, and listen, everyone wanted grittier and badder. You want a bad Batman, you want a crazy Batman, and be going so against Dick's character to do that, that you need to bring someone else back there. And, and you know, in a way, who, almost it's a parody. You know, like, John, you yeah, that's crazy exactly crazy it. Yeah. It's a parody. Yeah, and and yeah. Uh, when I think of John Paul Valley, I think of John Claude Van Damme. That's what I think of. Jeez. Wow, oh, that was. Right? I'm not doing a lot. I think the run uh, when John Paul Valley was Batman could have been a so much better if they had given them some meaningful villains. They had a Catwoman that was kind of rough, and it was really just focused on like Paul Valley's just sick obsession with her. And then you had another with the Joker that was just a random fun little Joker story, and fun meaning like no actual context to anything else. But most of his villains were like one one shot knockoffs that were no match for him. Um, but it was really cool for me to see the descent into madness for Jean-Paul because he started off with this basic armor that was already kind of crazy for his time. And each time he fought a villain, oh, I need more. Oh, I need to direct information directly to the back case so I can know these guys before they come. Oh, I need the flamethrowers. Oh, I need to be able to fire, you know, the batarangs out of my arms. 
and it got crazier and crazier. And then you had one or two stories that showed like a more humane side of Valley. Like I know there was one where he was saving, um, he was returning a baby who had been stolen from her mom um, in like this like immigrant type story. Like they were selling the babies. John Paul Valley was getting to the bottom of it. He didn't realize that he was programmed also to know Spanish as well. And he was like coming to terms with like this, this mission that he thought was a waste of time while also, you know, doing a job. So some of it was cool to me and that's why I defend it. But you're right, a lot of it was cheesy, but I think you, you have to take Nightfall into account just because of the effect of Bane, um, the effect of the Batman mantle and all of that. And, and just the storyline of the breaking of the bat, just that moment alone would, would catapult at least top 10. I think and that's why it was. That's, and that's exactly why I put it in there. Cause that's the one definitive Batman story that I remember as a kid, people in school talking about, like, you got to think we, we grew up in the nineties, a time where it wasn't cool to, to admit that you, you read comics and people were talking about just how significant it was that, that Bane broke the Batman's back. It just okay. like people talking about that. And it just, it just think it's a, you know, no minus the Azrael stuff. It, it's an iconic story. I don't, for some reason, maybe that's where I'm wrong. I don't see, I don't look at the, the uh, Batman, the Bane thing as part of the, um, that Arkham Knight story or that, um, what's it called again? Uh, Nightfall? Nightfall. I don't, for some reason, I, I look at the breaking of the bat as like the prelude to it. I don't, I don't look at it as the story, um, but maybe it was, maybe it was under that banner. I just don't remember that. Yeah, I mean, that I look at great, it. A great issue. Or a great storyline. Yeah, like it's like the middle point. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because like Bane wears Batman down with all these villains, some knockoffs and some like the Joker and everything. Then Bane has a confrontation with Batman, breaks his back, and then Batman gives it to Azrael, bam, and that's like the middle span of time. And then the last part is when Batman has to fight Azrael to get it back. That's how it is in my head, but I get you on that for sure. But yeah, that, that to me, I mean, if it's not part of it, then it changes where you rank it significantly, you know, because that's... I mean, 90s with the death of Superman, right? Yeah, 90s was the death of comics. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys, any of you guys have uh, the Long Hall, I mean, uh, Batman and Robin, the, the Morrison Quietly run on yours? I do not. No. I don't know how you guys, well, at least for Corbin, I don't know how you can. Um, well, maybe maybe you you didn't like the maybe you said you liked Venom. I thought you said you liked Prodigal. Maybe it was Venom you said that you liked, but it was Venom I liked. I mean, honestly, I, when I look at my balance stories, the stories that like either describe to me the importance. Like, I didn't really do too many that aside from Batman from the Demon that were like big on the Batman stories. Like you guys are talking about how Court of Owls was big in the Batman like like stories universe that type of thing. I did more for like the mythos of Batman, who he was as a person, how he fit in just as the character. That's why I had Batman Year One, even though I'm not a big fan of it, and Batman Year 100, which was a story written by Paul Pope in 2006. That was just um, a Batman. It, 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 he, you just hit the ground running with the guy who was Batman. In the future, it was a dystopian government. Um, he's fighting, like, you know, police. Um, it was really interesting, and you didn't know who was behind the cowl. It wasn't Bruce Wayne, because obviously Bruce Wayne had been passed, but there was a Bruce Wayne. There was a Batman. There was a, a Gordon, a descendant of James Gordon. And, and that story, to me, was big because it showed that even – in the future, again, the Batman mantle, Batman is needed no matter what. That was huge for me. But um, I, that's why I had Batman and, and, and the Robin run there. It was good. It just wasn't my top ten. I, I really like Batman and Robin the Morrison run for, for two reasons. One, it's got Dick as uh, Batman. <laughs> and then two, it's got Damien. Yes. Two of my favorite characters 
in in that situation, I love when when um, Dick Grayson wears the the cowl. I, I that's one of my favorite moments in comics. It's happened a co- you know a handful of times, and I, I every time I see those books, I'll buy them. Um, I love those books. Yeah, so, the yellow cover. Yes, and, yeah, and there's some beautiful. There's some really cool second, third, fourth prints of that book. Uh, that first book. There's some beautiful covers by Quietly. Always love Quietly art, and it's Grant Morrison again. Um, and and Anything with Damien, especially when Grant Morrison's writing it, who created him, uh, that I'm a fan of. Damien's such a such a big uh, character uh, that I, I I enjoy. So um, those are why I had uh, Batman and Robin and uh, Batman and Son on my list. Um, one one that I didn't hear anybody else say that uh, I have on my list at number four is Kingdom Come. Um, I. Th- I, I understand why maybe you guys didn't think of it um, because it's really not thought of as a Batman. It's more of a Superman tale. Uh, but I, I really love that that comic. Um, and if I can put it in any top 10 list, I'm going to try and fit it in there. So that's why I, I do it. That's the book that I give to people that have been out of comics for a while that may know who the characters are. I love to give them that. One of, one of the books I love to give is that book. I have like five or six trades that I just keep on loan so um if you guys haven't read that check it out top 10 spider-man stories kingdom come yeah but i just didn't i didn't have enough batman in it to constitute it for me aside from the twist lex luther and stuff in there but it, it's an amazing story it's one of my top again top three just stories ever that in in dark knight returns but yeah that that's a good one i like that I found it interesting that you decided to put the entire Capullo Snyder Batman run on your list. I mean, Brian, I understand why you did it, but there's, I mean, there's great stuff in there, and then there's there's some okay. What's the okay stuff? I think there's only one okay storyline in that whole in that whole like, run. I wasn't a big fan of the Zero Year stuff. I, I don't I don't think Zero Year was the best of it, but I don't think it was okay. And I, I wasn't a, and I wasn't a big fan of the Mr. Bloom stuff. Like I, and I Mr. agree, Bloom I was a villain. You, I agree with you on Mr. Bloom. That was cheese. I didn't but like everything the, else was fire. I, I didn't mean, like the Jim Gordon as Batman with the giant robotic suit and no, I like that. I did not. It was weird, but I, I can see why people liked it. I wasn't a fan though. Yeah, different. Oh, that's suit. Uh, one that is number two for me um, is uh, Arkham Asylum, A Serious House on a Serious Earth. That book came out in a time in my life where I was being introduced to uh, you know some amazing bands and getting introduced into some um, some other stuff uh, to partake in. And it was just one of those books that was really abstract, and uh, uh, it was fucking amazing. And that was my my first intro into Grant Morrison. Another um, one on the list. And just the Joker imagery in that book is nightmarish. Um, that book is really, really dark and, and, and crazy. And it really paints a picture of Arkham Asylum that I think is the best picture of Arkham Asylum. It's just a madhouse, a fucking complete madhouse that's run by the inmates. So, um I don't know. Do any of you guys have Arkham Asylum on your list? I don't. I did not put it on my list. I didn't even think of it. That's what I'm saying. Now that we're all talking, I, I, 
all these other ones are starting to be like shit, shit, shit. Yeah, it was good. Too. I liked it. Uh, the funny thing is, as we were talking, I didn't mention this, and it's probably random, but Arkham, a series that one's good. That one to me is like one I didn't. I left outside my top ten, which was um, Batman the Cult, which I loved, but like hadn't thought of. It's a good story. I have it right here. It's good. I just didn't put it there. It's like yeah. just outside. Like it'll definitely be one of my top twenty stories. It just was. There was others I thought were more top ten, but that was good. And you're right. It was just creepy, unsettling reading that. To be honest, yeah, very cool. Uh, anybody else have anything weird on on theirs that we haven't talked about? No, I think everything got pretty much covered. Yeah, we nailed it. That was that was pretty good. Yeah, very cool. We talked a lot about. I thought it was a lot of the but yeah, I just jumped in off my gas and we kept it moving. I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I reread Gotham by Gaslight before we did the show today again. I'm just what like, do you change your mind before notch? I just reread it. And I was just like, "Fuck." It Actually, just, my thing is this, but you like Hush so much. It's 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 like it's, it's the, I'm not saying the illustration or anything is on par with anything you did, but the stories are and they're kind of straight to the point. Get it? Got it? Good. But like, then you got to take into account the other aspects of it okay the importance of it or the illustrations or what did we move forward and things of that sort i mean we'd have an elseworld story somewhere else but that's at the stage corbin it's it's okay you're in a safe place (laughs) this is a safe space all right it's okay let me hear you say gotham by gaslight is is not top 10 just just come out come on this is a safe I place. I like the story. Not even being no. There's no politics. There's nothing involved. I like the story. In fact, acceptance is the first um, step into recovery, Corbin. I'm Come telling on. you guys. I, it, 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 top, <laughs> top, top, top seventeen. Top seventeen. I can't think of many other stories that are better than that. Like, okay, maybe I put in. All right, let's 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 let me hypothetical here. <laughs> Dark Knight Returns, Killing Joke, Tower of Babel, Under the Red Hood. Those stay. Take out year one hundred. Put in Batman the Cult. Bam. Son of the Demon. Son of the Demon. Year one. Nightfall. Gotham by Gaslight. Gotham by Gaslight. I'm just saying. Like I, I just maybe it's it's a personal preference because. Okay, maybe you put Quarter Owls there. Maybe you put Quarter Owls ahead of it, just because it's so big of a story. Okay, and I'll, I'll take that. I'll okay. put take that. I'll put Batman Metal ahead of it, and I hated no. Batman. No, Metal. no, no, <laughs> no. Batman Metal. I did it just for that reaction. I actually got you to stand up out of your seat. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> okay. He's about to flip a fucking desk. He's like, I'm done here. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, don't do that. Play with my emotions like that. Wow. I will, I will put... Okay. Um, I, I will honestly put... I think that um, Batman White Knight is better than... Ooh, than that's Gotham a good Gaslight. one. Yes. And I, th- also, I also think that... Um, Snyder's new The Last Night on Earth is better than Gotham, I guess. Like, I love that book. It's too recent for me yet. It's still too recent for me to go put in the pantheon of Batman stories. It's a good one, but I like to avoid recency bias. 
That's that's a big thing. I let it wait a little bit. But, but last time on Earth, I mean, even, I mean, not last time on Earth, White Knight's only been around two years, but you're right. But that was big, too. But again, I put that as another great, like, it's like Alpha Macassar. It's a great story. It's an Elseworld story. It's a great story. It's just, it's a different, it's like, it's like a slightly different vein. It's right in there. But Batman White Knight, I, I cannot lie. That's just a wonderfully done book. So even even with the sequel not being as as good as I was hoping, but anyway, we need to yeah, top ten Elseworlds tales. That would we, be we have to. Yeah, I mean between Kingdom Come, Gotham by Gaslight, um, the White Knight, you have Batman Dracula, you have the <laughs> series. Yes, I will make a case for that when we get to the Elseworld stuff because I don't understand the lack of respect, guys. You guys were around the, anyway. We're good. We get it. Okay. <laughs> I gotta calm down. <laughs> Just put a sign over a quarter of his head that says, not gonna let this go. That was uh, excellent, though. That was a very, very cool conversation. Not yes, gonna thanks, let Lyle. this go. <laughs> well, I hope, I hope that, you know, helps some people put this uh, debate that you and I personally have have had and I don't know. I don't know if you shared this with all your your peoples. You know what? I, I tag and I'll continue to tag as soon as we're done. I'm gonna make it known. Everyone will know. But um, I think just just for I don't want to say educational purposes, but it's really good to like reflect and reevaluate. Just as comic fans is having our list and and kind of talking it out. It also serves as a good primer for those who don't know Batman stories or want to get into them kind of figure out what they like based off what we had. And each of us had similar ones and we all had different ones based off our own personal preferences. But even that's a great primer. If you're trying to get into Batman stories, yeah, you know Batman Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, you know Batman you You know, you know the recent stuff. But there's a whole bunch of things in the middle that you can pick up and run with and, and just go off on your journey there. So, you know, even that was it was good, you know? Hopefully you- people think about by gaslight and say, hey listen, this guy put up a fight for maybe it's worth the read. Yeah, I would like to see what the what the listeners think. Go yeah. go read it. Um, well, if you don't have a, a link, we'll hook you up with a, a digital link. So, yeah, I mean, if you guys in the chat have any books that you think we missed off that you want to throw in there that that are, it would be on your top ten list, let's hear them. Definitely speak hey, up I, and throw them out there. I have a few of these. Anybody wants one? Hit me <laughs> up. I'll mail it to you. There you go. <laughs> Oh man! I need one because oh, I think man. I used mine as emergency toilet paper. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes, I'm wow. kidding you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fun, fun. yeah, I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that. Okay, but um, what? It, Although so, now I feel like it's but huh? I think we, I think we got it, and I think we got covered it good, and gave you guys some good stuff to to think about and go read. We about. Covered it well. Yeah. Um, Not good. Well, yeah, we. I, don't we I think we blanketed it. We smothered that fire. Put it out. Only we can prevent forest fires. Um, real quick before we sign off for the night, I want your guys' opinion. The Joker trailer dropped this week. I want to know what you guys think of uh, Joaquin Phoenix's descent into the Joker. I don't think anything's changed since the teaser. You're still in. Feel, you're still in for it. Yeah, I don't think anything's changed. I think I'd be in for that movie no matter what the trailer looked like. It looks like it's going to be slow and fucking boring to me. I can uh, see that. Uh, it, yeah. it looks like it's going to be a little too indie 
Yeah, if, if if you're not a fan of movies and and Joaquin Phoenix, um, I am totally not a fan of movies. I, I see. No, it, I mean, no movies with Joaquin Phoenix is what I meant to say. I see it uh, playing out a lot like her. I think it's going to be at the same pace and burn of kind of like her, with a little bit more craziness in it. Yeah, yeah. But I like. I really like how he used um, the the maniacal laugh uh, thing and the the crying thing. I think that's genius. And if Joaquin Phoenix came up with that and they put it in the script, that's fucking amazing. Gotta agree with that. Gotta agree with that. I definitely am because I'm not excited. Like Kyle said, it does look a little boring, a little slow to me. Um, the fact that they're not basing off of any comic um, or anything kind of gives me no frame of reference either. So I'm looking at like a crime movie, which I don't traditionally look at. So, I mean, I'm going to. There was some certain scenes, certain imagery that kind of you know, conjured up thoughts of Batman that I was like, or the Joker from like, you know, movie and stuff. I was like, okay, cool. Those shots, like that shot with him in the subway, putting on the mask, kind of blending with the rest of the Jokers was really cool to me. Um, but aside from that, yeah, I'm glad I got some more context there as far as just like his relationship with his mom and kind of what kind of sets him off. But I don't like to feel sympathetic for people who I look at as, as, as villains. I like to have other angles where I could look at them from a certain, like Killing Joke did a great job of like, me sympathizing a little bit for like what he went through while also not like understanding condoning how he spiraled out of control. So you Whereas didn't like movie, you didn't like Infinity War then? Infinity War? Oh, yeah. for Thanos? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're trying to wipe out half the earth. I don't care what personal reason you have, it's detrimental to the lives of others. Murder is murder. That is selfish and evil. Thank you, Brian. That that <laughs> does not um explain that away at all. So yeah, exactly. It was just weird. And so with this, if they're going to make me try to feel bad for this guy and he does these horrific acts because of his bad day and his mom and all this, then no, you're going to you're gonna have lost me right there. I'll still watch it, but uh, no, nah, it's not going to fly. That's not it, you know? I think he, I think it's going to be more of a, a movie where you see him being treated one way by society and he, he spins out of control and nobody notices him until he starts acting out and until he starts doing all this crazy shit. And he's getting the attention for it. And I think that's what the emphasis on seeing everyone wearing the Joker masks was and, and him in the crowd, like, smiling and, and on the subway. It, it's it's the attention that he gets that makes him feel alive and makes him notice that helps with that descent into madness. I think he's just hungry. You think he's thirsty? I think he's hungry oh, for food. Oh. He he's so fucking skinny. I think he's <laughs> hungry and he's grumpy. I think he needs to eat a Snickers. <laughs> And I think if he would have added Snickers, everything would have been okay. He takes the Snickers, he turns into Jack Nicholson Joker. <laughs> you're not too if you're hungry. I don't know. It just looks like it's just going to be too slow. Got them hunger pains that were working on him, huh? Oh, I'm getting Phoenix. I lost 52 pounds for this movie. Get the fuck Yeah, that weird flex he does with his stomach and chest is just abnormal to me. Fuck out of here. You can take your indie movie and shove up your fucking Phoenix ass. Yeah. And I'm excited for it. it I, I like the fact that it came out that the, the director of this movie pitched the idea of Warner Brothers spinning off and doing a DC black label movie line. Wow. So I would love to see it in the fact that he fought to have it R rated too, which I. I think it's going to be a fantastic movie. He totally should order Jimmy John's. He should order Jimmy John's. Except it'll be a shitty sandwich. <laughs> and you'll still be hungry. 
But wow, great show! Excellent, guys. Interesting that uh, the the take on the Joker is split. Yeah, I mean, I, again, it'll be something to revisit when the movie's out and everyone's seen it, and we go, you know, those of us who were behind it all along, I told you it was going to be good. Or, I mean, those of us who are going to be Yeah, I'm going to go to 9.8. I'm going to give it two and a half couch cushions, I'm sure. Oh, get out of here with that. I'm already seven couch cushions, a fucking Persian rug, and three throw pillows, so fuck y'all. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I can see my rating right now. Maybe I'll put a throw pillow. We'll see. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Couch Crunchers. Yeah, shout out to Couch Crunchers. They'll love that. (laughs) I'm sorry for uh, Corbin's momentary lapse in realizing what show he's on. (laughs) It's about a delusion. It is not a delusion either. (laughs) It's about a fucking delusion. (laughs) (laughs) Did anything else uh, come out of D23 that excited you guys other than what we talked about last week with Moon Knight and She-Hulk? Nope. That's that's about it. I mean, again, we're looking at this. I guess they have that deal. If you buy it, um, you can register as a D23 member um, before September 1st. And get three years for 150 bucks. Yeah, it's not a bad deal. Now, now, if you didn't have to watch the commercials on Hulu, that'd be a phenomenal deal. Exactly. And if I didn't have to watch commercials, I would have already had it. But I'm deciding to hold in reserve judgment. I did the same thing for DC Universe. Yeah, obviously, there's a lot more reason to buy it on Disney. Um, but at the same time, I'm not losing anything by waiting. I mean, half the stuff I want to see on Disney won't be out until 2021 anyway, so... You know. Tim says, I'll give it a leather sectional that reclined with massaging chairs. Damn, that's a good <laughs> rating. You win. Uh, you win. I give it one of uh, Bogcat's electric reclining chairs. <laughs> with a, with a oh, USB man. port in it. Yeah, there you go. Shout but, out. Um, all right, guys. Well, I guess that'll uh, do it for this week's episode. I want to thank Corbin for coming on and joining us to talk Batman. Um, it's been something that we've been debating behind the scenes for weeks and, or I should say months since that whole situation started, but, um, we finally, hopefully, you know, put that fire out and put that to bed and can move forward. Let's turn it into a show. Yeah. Um, if you guys like this, let us know and we can do more of these moving forward. Um, I had a good time tonight talking about you guys. This is a blast. Um, don't forget, guys, do not forget about the um, 200 subscriber giveaway. So if this is your first time listening to the show on YouTube or Facebook or any of our other platforms, head on over to YouTube.com forward slash Absolute Geek Podcast. Subscribe. And as soon as we hit 200 subscribers, we're going to give that book away. Um, don't Our forget. Give a book away. Yeah. Don't forget to uh, hit that like button um, and get this up to 50 likes. And when we do, we'll give away that print. Uh, guys, don't forget about the um, absolute geek, the new absolute geek shirts. Make sure to check Brian out every Monday on uh, Tales from the Flipside and on the podcast. Good stuff going on in the podcast for him right now. Yeah, there's some fun stuff coming. Fun stuff coming. Make sure to check Corbin out on his new podcast. What's your new podcast about Corbin? That's a good question. Comics. 
Um, yeah. I don't, there's, there's little else to go off on at this point. It's in development. But it seems, Maldi it made seems more about sports to me. I've never seen so many John oh, Gruden impressions about, in my lifetime. I thought you were – okay, so see, if we're talking about um, – yeah, so it's – um. I mean, I'm not doing a great job selling this. Um, <laughs> like, not even really Unsubscribed. Just look up. Yeah, it's there. It's there. Huh? Unsubscribed. I just want okay, to I'm sorry. Buddy John Holmberg, I got to tell him my story. Fucking killer story. Isn't it a cool story? Yeah. That's what can happen. But, uh, guys, I want to thank everyone for hanging out in the chat tonight. Um, like I said, if you want to see more of these, let us know, and we can put together more lists in the future. Um, if this is your first time finding us on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe button. If you're listening to this on Monday morning on any of your podcasting platforms, make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Is it always good to help us out in the podcasting rankings? Um, but for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, I am Matt. I'm Kyle. I'm Brian. I'm Corbin. And uh, we'll have Corbin on when, when they announce Spider-Man back into the, the Marvel Universe. And we'll see you guys next time. And we're out. That I was would a, never be that if that was the case. That was a great show, guys. That was fun. That was that fun. Was. That conversation just, just ran. That was perfect. Thanks yeah. a lot, guys. That was-